Coming up on Unpolished MBA. My new venture is called Tech AF, and I'm really empowering those founders out there, entrepreneurs that have this idea for a technology product and are like, I'm not technical. Who am I <laughs> the one to do this? But I, honestly, Monique, and I, and I know that you and I go back and forth on LinkedIn often, and, and you probably have a very similar feeling to it. Some of my favorite entrepreneurs are those that are not technical oh, because they man. are approaching it from a business perspective. They're not too inundated with the tech and like the how. It's more about the why and the what. This show is sponsored by TPM Focus, the strategy and execution consulting firm focused on generating revenue and finding product market fit for new innovations. Head over to tpmfocus.com to learn more. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Unpolished NBA podcast. And with me today, I have Kristen Slink. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Monique. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. I'm looking forward to digging in and sharing more about you with the audience. But first, I got to ask you the same two questions I ask everyone else. Are you an entrepreneur or an employee? I am an entrepreneur. NBA or no NBA? No NBA. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go again. So, so again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to let people know you come from diverse backgrounds, educational levels, all of those things, and you can still be a great entrepreneur. You don't need an MBA. So Kristen, they're going to be shocked to know how you first got started in entrepreneurship. Do you mind sharing that with us? I fell into it, honestly. I do not have a story like, ah, you know, when I was younger, I used to go around my neighborhood with a radio flyer handing out newspapers. <laughs> Entrepreneurship was never a goal of mine. It was never an option that I really saw in my home life. I didn't have any family members who were entrepreneurial. So, you know, when you don't see anyone around you doing something, you automatically think, you know, maybe that's not for me. So, you know, I graduated college. I went to school in New Hampshire, was tired of the cold, moved to San Diego, no plan. I was a psychology major. And through an internship, my senior year, I realized I did not want to go into psychology. Mm -hmm. And I had always had this interest in business. And so I took a job with Enterprise Rent-A-Car, worked for that company for several years. And ended up working for a really entrepreneurial, well, I guess what we would call intrapreneurial mm -hmm. division where I really was doing a lot of creating. And it was that experience where I'm like, wow, I'm really good at just kind of figuring stuff out. At the same time, there was an opportunity and someone who I had known that had just left his job to pursue working for himself. I thought it was really cool. And so I kind of just put one foot in, started working alongside him. And the opportunity opened itself for me to work with him full time. And that whole experience turned into creating our own startup. Which was in what industry? Can you share with the audience? Yeah, in a broad sense, fintech. Fintech, financial technology. Mm -hmm. Yes, online personal lending. So what we did is we had a B2B2C model. We would work with businesses that offered a product or service typically costing $1,000 or more, where it would make good business sense for them to offer financing options for their customers to purchase their product or service. 
So what started as a consulting business, quickly, I realized there was no single financing platform that helped them ease the conversation with their customers and find them a really good source to be able to pay for that product or service. And so, you know, I really just through that consultation experience, you know, realized that there was a big gap and decided that I wanted to be the person to solve it. Wow. It's so crazy how, like, it sounds like you have a very problem solving type of mind and ways to figure out things to get things done. So it's interesting how people will buy if you provide them a way (laughs) to pay for it (laughs) and they don't necessarily have to borrow it from your business. Exactly. So that was extremely clever to even think about that as an option. Now it's common, but back when you were doing it, that was not common. This is 2012. There is a lot of, I used to call them the dinosaur platforms, a lot of (laughs) really outdated, hard to use platforms that were really difficult, you know, when you're trying to get someone into a loan. It didn't have to be that confusing. And I always had these ideas to make it better. We had, you know, leveraged other technologies to try to enhance our consulting business. And every time that we brought new ideas that you always fell short was not our technology. And so that really was the the turning point to say, you know, there's not anything in the market. We really know how to attack this. If no one else is going to do it, we're going to do it ourselves and made a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of mistakes along the way. Yeah, I would love to get some more insights from you on the mistakes that you made, but we're going to do that after we wrap up this recording, you guys. You guys will have to shoot us an email at unpolishedmba at gmail.com to get that scoop. So right <laughs> now, I want to move into, so you mentioned you were a psychology major and then you founded a technology startup. How did you even make that transition? But I also want you to mention how that ties into what you're doing today. Yes. I always say my motto was, I'm going to figure it out. You know, when I was in college going through my internship and really didn't feel like I was jiving with the different options available to me as a psychology major, I said, I'm going to figure it out and try to do something else. And business was always something interesting to me. So Moving to a brand new city with no job, you know, just kind of made it work, went to an entry level where they taught me the basis of of business, how businesses worked. I always call it, you know, an MBA of the school of hard knocks. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's not official training, but, you know, there's there's so many ways to join businesses that get an understanding about how that business works Mm -hmm. that teaches you what you really need to know. And it's taking that knowledge and having that mentality of, I always want to learn. I always want to learn from others and try new experiences. You know, if I'm going to learn it on my own, I'm going to figure that out too. So the whole notion of figuring it out and just kind of making it work has always just been ingrained in me. And the transition from really trying to just make ends meet, having a career going up the corporate ladder to finally saying, you know what? I want my own future. It was kind of that same mentality. I'm going to make it work. You know, I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't have any friends who had their own businesses. I didn't have any family members who had their own businesses. So it really was just jumping in blindly, but with that knowledge of, hey, I really want this. And so I'm going to learn from others around me and I'm going to be, you know, kind of like a sponge to see what I can absorb. I do credit myself for having superpowers that are great in entrepreneurship, but I think a lot of people possess those. They just don't realize 
how powerful they could really be. We're going to take a quick time out and pick back up in just a moment. If you need marketing campaigns and landing pages done quickly so that you can test the market with your ideas and see who's interested and then stay in touch with those people, you need a tool that can automate all of that. You're an innovator and you're certainly busy. Perhaps you don't have a CMO or chief marketing officer right now, or you have no plans to hire one anytime soon. And you may be doing this type of work yourself or have a new career professional or even intern helping you. You need Entreport. You can build a landing page or website in minutes. You can accept payments. You can automate marketing campaigns and the list goes on and on. I have personally been using Entreport to build, automate, and grow my business for going on seven years now. I don't recommend any tool that I haven't used and that I don't believe can help the unpolished MBA audience. Simply put, you can move and test your innovative ideas in the market faster with this tool. Don't get bogged down with too many complex tools. This is all you'll need. Go to tpmfocus.com forward slash entreport and that's spelled O-N-T-R-A-P-O-R-T and that's O-N-T-R-A-P-O-R-T tpmfocus.com forward slash entreport. Go there to start your free trial and get started. So when you didn't have the technology background, did that provide you some kind of apprehension for like, oh, wait a minute, should we move forward? How do we move forward? Like, you know, there's this gap. A lot of people have great ideas, but then they don't know. Okay, so how do I actually do this? I don't know how to code. I don't know any developers, you know? Exactly. So that's a good bridge to talk about what I'm doing today. So when we raised money and built that company, I it wasn't a term I knew, but I was a non-technical founder. My co-founder was also non-technical, meaning that we don't have engineering backgrounds. We can't code the product ourselves. So when we got our initial investment, I really had worked with all of our clients with the different software programs that we use. And so I understood from a product perspective what we needed. I didn't know how to translate that from technical speak, but I knew from the business side what that product needed to have, what it needed to do, how it needed to make the process more efficient. And so I really took and navigated, okay, how do I translate these business needs into a way where the technical teams really understand what I need from a business standpoint? And this really took four or five years to work through. I had the benefit of having an interim CTO come in right when we raised our investment who taught me the power of wireframing. Yes. Um, So kind of breaking that down, wireframing is just a very simple representation. It could even just be squares with placeholders for text. Mm -hmm. But what it does is it visualizes what you want. And so from a business perspective and, and me kind of having an eye a little bit for design, I would start visualizing and be like, okay, well, I want a text box there. So I'd create a text box, you know? And so I started, instead of verbally or writing down what the requirements were, I started to really design them with these clickable prototypes to articulate what the business needs were, bring that to the tech team, work very closely with them. And then that would start the conversation where they would clarify what the business needs would be, help me reiterate on that wireframe. And I always ended up getting something more like what I had in my mind when I use the wireframes and I use that visualization process rather than just saying, hey, this is something that I need 
and then having that get produced for you. So it's really through that experience that I learned how to navigate, how to articulate, visualize, and talk about the business needs of a product and really rely on the technical teams to deliver that. And that is what I'm doing now. My new venture is called Tech AF, and I'm really empowering those founders out there, entrepreneurs that have this idea for a technology product and are like, I'm not technical. Who am I <laughs> the one to do this? But I honestly, Monique, and I, and I know that you and I go back and forth on LinkedIn often, and, and you probably have a very similar feeling to it. Some of my favorite entrepreneurs are those that are not technical oh, because they yes. are approaching it from a business perspective. They're not too inundated with the tech and like the how. It's more about the why and the what. Yes. You said it like with an exclamation point. <laughs> That's so true because you get so caught up in creating a product. Oh, it'd be cool if it had this feature and that feature and this would be nice. And, and it's like, no, what is the problem you're solving? Yes. How are you going to make money? Is it a big enough problem that they're going to give you money? You know, validation early on before you build anything is key. Very, very key. Because I have been, and you and I have worked together and worked with some of the same companies. There's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that spin their wheels trying to create a product or spending too much time on features and not just getting something out there that's going to generate some revenue that they can learn from and iterate because no product that you put out there first is going to be perfect. We know that. Oh, absolutely. I laugh at my first. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh, me too. Ugly, ugly. (laughs) (laughs) So so with I am tech AF, well, what is your website? Is it I am tech AF or is it tech? The brand's tech AF. My website is I am tech AF. My thought behind that is every time someone's putting that into the browser, you are affirming that you are tech AF too, but kind of our motto is we are, you are, I am tech AF. You know, it's really all inclusive. Anyone can be a founder and especially those who understand the business need. You can be a founder. If you've got an idea, you can make it happen. There's so many resources out there to get it done. It's just more about what is the business case? Are you solving a real problem? Has it been validated? Amen. Wow, I love it. And secondly, for those of you, I knew one founder who thought that, hey, I'm just going to learn to code because I have this idea. And yep. so they were looking up coding schools <laughs> and doing, I'm like, no, first of all, coding is not that simple. And that's coming from someone who knows how to code, but I yep, hate yep. <laughs> like who, what, like your whole, your whole code base won't work because you left out a semicolon. Like, are you listening to me? <laughs> how frustrating that is. It's not the best use of time. Use That's of time. right. Mm-hmm. So you're focused on trying to find out where the semicolon is missing and what, <laughs> what word is missing versus solving the business problem. Yes. So I love your, your idea. And also it brings to the forefront that, hey, focus on solving the mm-hmm. business case, the, the business problem and the tech part. Pretty much anybody can code, like can code that. You okay. know what you need. You got an idea of how you want it to operate and then you're off to the races. And there's so many things nowadays that you actually don't even need to code. In order I was to just going to say that. I was just going to say, let's talk about the growing industry of no code, right? And, and yep. I'm kind of a big believer. No code is not far enough along to be the end all be all, but to get an MVP out, a proof of concept, or even if it's a simple business model, that can be a great solution for you. And it's so much cheaper, faster, and There's agencies now that have no-code developers. So 
very similar to taking your prototype and your your idea to a software agency. You can also take it to a no-code agency. And then you know what? You can figure out which path works best for what your vision is, or at least that first iteration. Get as much traction as you can, and then go from there. That's it. So no code is saving a lot of lives. <laughs> like, it is. It is. Again, not an end-all be-all. Right. I don't think it's the, the most scalable way to do it. Mm-hmm. But for that proof of concept and yeah. getting things in front of your target customers and just saying like, look what I accomplished. Mm-hmm. I mean, it means so much and it shows so much. Yeah. Like I know so many people are miserable in their jobs and they have this idea that they want to execute on and then they get bogged down and like trying to find a developer and like, I don't know what code to use and those kind of what language to use and those kind of things. Like I know people who have actually been able to leave their jobs sooner and get started on the business sooner because of no code solutions. Yes, absolutely. Oh. And and the thing is too, you know, what happens is sometimes when you have an idea and you go to those developers and you, you're kind of not validating that business, you're going to get a quote back. You know, a lot of agencies will want to mm-hmm. work with you, mm-hmm. but you know, it might be a little too premature. So I think it's also just important to say, if you have an idea, focus on the business. Don't worry about the tech. The tech will come later. Focus on the business because that is the most important thing. Tech agencies will will build you something if it's a horrible idea or not, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got to just own that yourself, especially if you're a non-technical founder, to own that piece of the puzzle. Come to them prepared and confident that you've already validated, you know what you need, and you're going to save so much time and so much money. Oh man, the money for sure. Yeah. (laughs) And the time. Absolutely. Well, Kristen, I know that the way you work with clients is based upon a a five-part system that's unique to Tech AF. And so many of our listeners may be interested in working with you and learning a little bit more about that. But I know you have some of the basics on your website. Is that right? I do. Yes. I am techaf.com. I'm working on reshaping the way that I'm presenting the program because it is very overwhelming when you have a tech idea to be thinking about, okay, I'm going to build a clickable prototype and get this built. You got to take it one piece at a time. So the first part of my program is called Clear and Strategic, where we're really focused on what we've been talking about, the business, focusing on what problem am I solving? what the market is, who I'm selling it to, and then coming up with a strategic plan and understanding the different options of who am I going to need on my team? How am I going to get it built? How am I going to get it funded? And how am I going to get customers? So it really is a dip your toe in, test out your idea, see if it has some legs, get that confidence, know a little bit of tech to understand those needs and what you're going to need to build going forward and then kind of dive into the program. So you can learn more at imtechaf.com. I'm also on Instagram at imtechaf and of course, LinkedIn, where I'm a big supporter of you because everything you say, Monique, I'm like, yes, it's so it's, there's so much truth to it all the time. I'm a big you fan. Too. You too, <laughs> Kristen. I want to thank you. We're not going to give you all the details of the, of the special five-part system, but believe me, it's something that would be helpful, especially to non-technical founders, but also technical founders, mm-hmm. because a lot of technical founders don't understand the business case as much as they understand the technology. Exactly. So, it's a holistic experience. You know, it all ties in. Yeah. So Kristen, I'm going to let you go. But before we go, I want people to again know that if you'd like more information about some of the mistakes that Kristen made, 
go ahead and email us at unpolishedmba at gmail.com. And we'll also share tidbits of her five-part system in that email response back to you. So Kristen, I want to thank you for spending time with us today and sharing information about how to found a startup without being a tech founder with our audience. Yes, anyone can do it. If you've got the drive, you can get it done. Monique, it's been a pleasure. I always enjoy speaking with you. Thanks so much for having me. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Unpolished MBA podcast. To hear more episodes or to request to become a guest, please visit unpolishedmba.com.